Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This is Good Humans Podcast with me, Cooper Chapman, chatting to the world's best about the inspiring stories that got them to where they are today. What's going on, you good humans? Welcome to guest episode 125 of Good Humans Podcast with a very special guest by the name of Dylan Mullen. If you're into entrepreneurship, creating a life of freedom and making some serious money along the way, then you're going to love this episode. Dylan is a legend and made a massive impact on this world as well. So you're going to love this episode. Big thank you, as I do every single week, to our sponsors, Drinker Rapper. These guys have been supporting my brain and so many of yours for a very long time now. If you want to learn more about the product and you're someone who's, you know what, curious about taking care of your brain, both for short-term performance, but also your long-term brain health, then head over to the website, drinkarepa.com. Use the code GOODHUMAN for 25% off everything over there. But most importantly, go check out the science. Go check out some of the studies, all done by neuroscientists to prove that their product works. They've done millions of dollars of clinical studies yeah, show short-term brain performance with their performance drink and also long-term brain health with all their products. If you want to yeah, learn about it, head over to that website, use code GOODHUMAN for a huge 25% off. I use this stuff every single day. I used to get a big crash after my first coffee. Now I have a drink of Repa every morning, just sort of after my coffee, and it kind of lasts all day, energy, clear brain, no brain fog. Love the stuff. You're going to love it too. All right, today's episode, Dylan, far out. I, um, I've been talking to Dylan for the last couple of months about going on each other's podcast. He has a really successful podcast as well called Life, Money and Love. I should have an episode coming out in the next couple of weeks on his one, which was really fun. He's an incredible interviewer and speaks really well. But Dylan's story is, yeah, one that I'm really inspired by. He's 29 years old. He's made millions of dollars through creating a product or selling a product and starting a business called Happy Skin Co. You might've heard of it. They're doing close to 10 million revenue um, a year now. And yeah, it's just so cool to hear the journey from Dylan's upbringing, having no financial kind of support with building the business, having no mentors around him to teach him anything, but just being curious, not settling for the life that he was living. He got into acting, didn't really make it like he wanted to. And then a friend kind of showed him a few products and said, yeah, I've been drop shipping them or I've been selling them online, e-commerce. And he became curious. He looked into it. He did a bunch of research. He found a product that he thought was going to work. And within three months, he'd made a million dollars. It's just crazy hearing this story. You're going to love it. I love getting to chat to Dylan. If you enjoyed the episode, do me a huge favor. Share it with a friend. Tell someone about this episode. I know the impact it's had on me and some of the different mindsets I've changed from this, uh, from doing this episode. And I'm sure you will too. So if you learn something share it with a friend or do me a huge favor. Just hit like or subscribe on this podcast. I'm trying to grow this to get as many big name guests as possible. And the bigger the show gets, the bigger the guests get. And yeah, I'm so, so appreciative of every one of you who tunes into this podcast week in, week out. So let's jump into today's episode. Welcome to Good Humans Podcast, Dylan Mullen. How you going, mate? Good. It's very familiar, the Good Humans Podcast. I feel like I've been here before, but no. That's so funny. We're sitting in your beautiful studio. I just jumped on your podcast, Life, Money and Love, and we had an amazing chat. So if you're listening to this 
I don't know how long till it's. I reckon this is going to be like two between two and three weeks ish. I reckon this might come out after. So go and listen to my episode on your one. (laughs) I've got a few logged up now, but we'll see. It might come out sooner. But man, thanks for jumping on here. You've got such a fascinating story. I love talking to young Australians who are having a crack and just taking life by the balls and not living in the status quo. And you're definitely not doing that. Multimillionaire before the age of 30 in your early 20s already making millions of dollars. But, man, we're going to catch up with the story because you're just a normal Aussie dude. I'm just a normal kid. I'm the normal kid from 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 Western Sydney. I grew up public schools my whole life. I had no, no one around me doing wild stuff, doing really cool stuff. Everyone that I knew, you know, was, was living the normal path. So I didn't realise the possibilities of the world until I was well out of school. I had tried uni and failed, which we can get into if you want. And, yeah, so that's why I'm so passionate about sharing my stories because, like you said, like – it took me until I was the age 23, 24 to even realize I, Dylan Mullen, could start a business. Mm. You know what I mean? And look at me now, I can't think of doing anything other than that, but it took me to that point in life. So it's like, that's why I'm so passionate talking to people and particularly, obviously, you, you do a lot of work with, with schools. I've just gone back and spoke at my old high school a bunch of times because I want those kids to, to hear that message that I didn't get to hear, that you didn't get to hear. So yeah, man, uh, hit wherever you want and we'll, we'll go through the journey. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be fun. The first question I do open all Good Humans podcasts with is the same question for everyone. I'm excited to hear your answer. So what are you grateful for in life right now? Um, I'm grateful for, I'll tell you what I'm grateful for, for the fact that this is my, this is work for me now. Mm. You know what I mean? Like we were speaking on when, when we just had you on, on my podcast about like gratitude and, and I, I feel like as someone who's achieved a level of success at moments in life, I can be stressed out or like you, that little bit is woe is me or I have to, you know, stay up to, you know, 1am finishing this. I have to do this, have to do that. And then I realized, holy shit, the stuff that like my stress is today is like something I would have killed to be my stress three, four, five years ago. Mm-hmm. So just like appreciating where I'm at the end of the journey and like really and really like just being grateful for this is my life. So that's the first thing, being able to podcast, meet people like you um, is, is something I'm grateful for. Another thing, I was at an event with, with Joe, my partner, and, and, and Yui, who you met earlier last night. That was a really great experience. Had a lot of fun there. Like, as I said, because I'm so social with work, in a, in a little bit of my life, I've retreated from, you know, some social things because I just, if I'm free, I kind of want to chill. But I did that last night. It was a really great experience. Where'd you go? What was it? Um, it was at Misk Parramatta. So, Jad, we had him on the podcast two, two episodes ago. He, they were just doing breakfast and lunch. They just launched a dinner service and it was really successful. So, went there, had some really good food, amazing Mediterranean food. They made these little, like, melon sort of sh- melon flavored shots and they weren't very strong but they were really yummy so that's one um and another one honestly like meeting you because i feel like we're talking about a lot about your purpose and your passion and and and, and meeting other people that want to make money of course we all want to make money but like the prime driver is like having an impact and living a life that fulfills them so Obviously, I've been following your stuff. I've seen your podcast for a while. So finally getting to have this uh, face-to-face meeting, I'm grateful for that as well. Yeah, man, you're you're seriously a good human and we're going to catch all the way up through your story. So my podcast runs kind of similar the way we just had a chat. We're going to try to go through your life chronologically. So we're going to catch up to the success you've had, but sure it wasn't always that way. I have listened to a lot of your podcasts, so I know it wasn't always that way. So let's rewind back to the beginning. Where'd you grow up? What was life like as a kid? I'll throw in a diary of a CEO. What do I need to know about your childhood that shaped you to be the guy you are today? I love it, man. Shout out to Stephen. Uh, he's guy. an inspiration to all of oh, us. I know. I love that guy. But so like, much. You, you can't, we can't try and replicate him because then it's just you're never going to do that. We have to do it in our own ways. Um, but childhood for me, so I 
I grew up, as I said, in like the suburbs of Southwest Sydney. I didn't grow up with money. I didn't grow up with anyone in my family in business. I actually, until I was five, I lived in the granny flat in the back of my grandparents' house with my mum. So those first five years of my life, I always say this, regardless of what level of success I have in life, however much money I make, what what, what cool experiences I get to have, those first five years is where every night I would fall asleep on my granddad's lap and he would carry me out uh, to the granny flat where my older cousin... He was six years older. He was like my older brother. Um, lived down the road. I played with him multiple times every week. Cricket in the backyard, swimming in the pool, just being surrounded by so much love. Like I didn't know any different to like not growing up with a dad, right? And those five years will always be the most special years of my life. And like lost my grandfather, my, my granddad, like six years ago. And it's like, you know, like a lot of times, like it'll take losing someone to realize what you had. And like, it wasn't like that, man. We were, talk about grateful. The one thing I'm most grateful for ever is to be able to have, like have that relationship with, with granddad and with my grandparents. So yeah, it was a really special time. Um, but I, th- I feel like I've thought about this a lot. What makes me who I am? And I feel like I was actually surrounded by so much love and I was probably a little bit spoiled. I was the center of attention. I always used to be like performing and singing and dancing and I, I like to, to, to do that. So I got so much love from like that really early age before you can either comprehend anything. So I feel like that was like the first level of building who is Dylan Marlon, building that level of self-belief. And then what happened, and it's funny, I only reflected on this in, within the last six months that, well, let, let, let me put it, like, put it this way. So I have people on the podcast all the time and you, and you hear about their childhood, their upbringing, and everyone had all these big challenges they overcame. And literally, I didn't think I had any, right? I didn't think, I thought life's always been easy for me. It's always been good. But then I realized, wait a minute, like if I'm just going to zoom out and pretend it's not me, not growing up with, with, with your dad, not, not, meeting, not meeting him till you're 15. As I said, I had the best five years of my life living there. And then I moved um, with my mum into a place with my now stepdad, who's the father of my brother. Um, We moved in with him and and that was sweet. Obviously, I would never not want my mum to move on and and, and find her own happiness. But what happened, and I only found this out recently because I asked my mum questions when I started realising, oh shit, like that probably was traumatic in in its own way for me. Within two two or three, four weeks of, of moving in there, he had older kids from another past relationship. There was some family issues on the other side with their mother's side. So it was meant to just be me, my mom and, 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 and Dean, so my, my stepdad. Within like a month of that situation, which I don't even remember the first four weeks, three older step-siblings moved, moved in. So I went from being the centre of attention, surrounded by my mum and my grandparents every single day, could do no wrong. I felt comfortable in every single like interaction I had my best friend, my cousin down the road to moving away outside of that environment, living with like step step siblings that were like five, six and like eight years older than me. And I feel like that's probably where I got a bit of the reality check or not so much reality check where it's like things didn't always go my way. And I had to, that's kind of where I developed probably a bit more of my independence, my harder edge of like I, I, I've, and this is something I've realized again, I know I'm going a bit of a tangent, like, I've been very self-sufficient from a young age. I feel like I had to grow up a lot in that period because I went from getting all my needs met all the time to being like, I felt like an outsider in my own home. Yeah, well. To know no one bullied me. I wasn't like, I wasn't like left out on purpose, but that's, that's how I felt. 
So then that next period of life growing up in that situation, I'd still go stay at my grandparents on weekends and they'd take me to cricket and all that sort of stuff. So I, I still had that. But then I also feel like I developed like my thicker skin and my ability to like self-regulate, probably not share how I'm feeling with people. Like I didn't even realize that was a, that was a challenge in my life because I think I internalized it very young and I handled it myself. I didn't go cry to my mom about it. I didn't cry to anyone about it. There's probably a couple of moments in my life where it maybe came up and I didn't really recognize it for what it was. But um, yeah, it's so funny how you don't realize big things that were like super important in making who you are until you get to like, I'm almost 30 years old now. And I just realized, hey, that probably was a bit more of a traumatic experience than I than I let on for a long time. Yeah, it's so interesting when we reflect back sometimes things that shape us that we don't even know shape us. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think it, a lot of people don't do. They don't question the way they act, they way, the, <clears throat> the way they do at times, and they don't work out where they got those self-beliefs from, where they got those self-limiting beliefs from. Mm -hmm. When you question it sometimes, you go, oh, that's where it came from. Okay, I can change that now. I'm yep. not that kid who doesn't have... You know what I mean? Feels like a bit of an outsider maybe in his own home subconsciously. You're like, oh, I don't need to feel like that anymore. I'm not in that situation. But a lot of us don't be conscious of that, which is hard. And that's why I think reflection is so important. Like you said, you only just reflected recently because I guess of the work we do now it does encourage reflection when you start getting asked questions all the time. You start going, oh, yeah. And we're talking about it before. We share our stories quite often. But the more you share it, the more you start to – Oh, go, oh yeah, there actually is some other stuff going on. So I always encourage, I've had a few of my best friends on. I don't know if you've had friends on that you've been friends with only for a year or two. And because I do the chronological thing, I've had mates who are best mates the last three, four years and asked them about their story. I'm like, I had no idea about that, that and that. I had one mate who was like a pro pole vaulter who's like a photographer now. And I'm like, <laughs> what the hell? I, I had no yeah. idea. So when we start to actually ask questions to people, it does encourage that reflection, which I think is great. So it's nice to know that, yeah, you can reflect on that. Yeah, and I think a big part of the reason, me personally, why I've gone back and tried to figure out what makes me me is because obviously we're in the positions we're in. We want to be able to impart that knowledge on other people and be able to explain, not just for my own good, like how I am, the way I am, why I think the way I am, but so then if I can understand how I did it, I can you know help other people achieve that. So I di started doing all that digging and then it took, like I said, until a, a very a much later in life, literally this year where, where, I, where I got those realizations. Um, so yeah, man, it was just, it was, it was a wild experience. Um, just that self growth journey that you go through. Um, and then kind of chronologically on from there. Yeah, let's go to high school. Let's go to high school. So again, like I had like great, like a great early childhood and then a probably like primary school and stuff maybe it was a little bit harder, which kind of made me like the more independent person. And then I get to high school and it's like, I was never in the early part of high school. Definitely wasn't the coolest kid. Definitely didn't like have the best like success or like with girls. But one thing I always had was like, I was always really like smart. I was always like in the top, like top, you know, most classes, if not top two or three. Um, I was always pretty good at sport. Not like, as I said, when we were chatting, not like, like properly gifted like you, but school sports, oh, I was right. always one of the first picked. I always did good, like made, you know, zone and, and whatnot. So like, I feel like those, as we were talking about, those external validations helped build that level of confidence. And then we also, again, the, the self-belief thing and the visualization thing, I feel like started before I even knew what it was. I'd always say, and this is kind of on my journey, like my friends will, will, will tell you if you speak to them, I was 
I was never a dickhead by any means, but I was a little bit of a cocky kid in school. Not cocky as in like, I wouldn't rub it in your confident. face. Confident, but I'd be like, oh, I'm gonna come first in this exam. And then when I did, I'd be like, see, I told you. Just having a laugh, but like, that was obviously a part of me, you know, my ego, me like, just like projecting out as confident as I can be. But like, after doing that so many times and like, I say I'm gonna do this it. and I do it, you start believing it. Mate, it's funny, so I feel very similar. The way you just described that, in a way that isn't really coming from ego, but kind of is. I feel very similar. I was, yeah, I, I did pretty well school. I wasn't maybe the top of my class. I was maybe the other. I was like the top of the sport and like still <laughs> held my own in the yeah. academic stuff. Mm. And same thing, I had definitely had like a little bit of ego, but I think sometimes that bit of confidence, like we touched on on, our, um, on my episode on your podcast, which maybe we'll bring that up a little bit now, this idea that, you either work one way or the other. You work to have confidence, a bit of cockiness, and then realize mm, this isn't the way I'll become a good person underneath it all. Or you lack the confidence and then it's very hard to build it and get to that confidence. So I, I, it sounds like we had a very similar sort of mindset throughout those teen years. And I tell you, I can't remember. Well, let me try to think if I can remember really quickly what the moment was. Look, I don't remember what the trigger was, but I remember the thought and, 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 it, and I can pinpoint the moment that I adopted a growth mindset, right? You know how I was thinking this would have been couple within a couple of years out of high school, maybe up to 2021, around that period. And as I said, I wasn't a bad person, but like I I was probably a little bit, you know, cocky and arrogant and, and, and I had my flaws like everyone does. But this is generally the way I thought. Because I'm good in school um, and like I've been good at sport and I'm making friends, I thought I'm good at all these things. Who cares if I'm, you know, impatient, if I'm, you know, not the most kind person at times. If I can be selfish at times, who cares? And I realized, no, being the best person you can be is like in all facets of life. Mm. So I was like living in, I only cared about, you know, ambition and work and, and the grades you could get or how far you could progress in, in a career. And then I realized all those other things are just as important, if not more important. That's the reason that that's the day I realized, holy shit, I've got a lot, a lot, a lot of work I need to do on myself to become the human being I want to be because I always realized even back from that age would visualize myself like in the future, what do I want to be? And it would always be like a kind person, a patient person. Um, and, but I wasn't living in alignment with that. So I, I realized shit, like I've got to, you know, do a little bit of reflection. What triggered that? I don't remember what triggered it, the but it was, there was just a day time. something clicked in my mind. It was right at the start. Obviously that triggered my personal development journey. And once you start your personal development journey, I feel like it's an addiction that you, you that that you just want more and more of and try and unlock new levels within yourself and and, and just new experiences and yeah it was it took me until like I might have been 20 years old when I realized like that's actually so dumb to not care about those things just because you're good at other things mm. you know what I mean and, and another thing I realized like looking back I don't think I was the smartest person in school I don't think I was. I just understood the game of school. You know, like how well can you memorize information and how well can like you communicate it? Yeah. Definitely wasn't the smartest. I just, I've always kind of like found a way to win and like found a way to make it as easy as I can for myself. So yeah, there's a lot of reflection at, at that period. And like it, I think I probably might've been able to realize it earlier, but it's like your ego doesn't want you to realize mm. it and, and be like, maybe I'm not being the best person I could. Yeah, no, I love that, man. I feel so similar. I feel like our paths are, Obviously very different, but very mm. similar in a lot of ways, which is really cool. I love the idea you said once you get on that self-development journey, it's hard to look back. I say to people, we should always be growing through life, not just going through life. And I see so many people just think they've kind of learned everything, dismiss information that you tell them and aren't willing to change their mind. 
And I think it's one of the most important skills you can have is an open mind. Is yeah. oh, if somebody calls you out and gives you some sort of cr- criticism, go okay, what's the truth in what they're saying? Where can I get improvement from that? Rather than going, oh, I'm already good at this. I'm good at that. It doesn't matter if they say I'm being a bit of a dickhead. It's like okay, what's the truth in what I'm saying? Great free information to get better. Like we should always be looking for that. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And like my teachers have the same feedback. Like all my reports was like, yeah, Dylan's a good kid. Sometimes. Um, you know, speaks back a little bit or easily distracted. But I've just always been someone that like had my beliefs. And if I'm not good at just, this is the way we do it because I said so. Yeah. If I don't agree, I'd be like, but why? Like, this is a better way to do it. Can't we do that? And like, they wouldn't even, back into school, we've talked about some of the things oh. that aren't great about school. Wouldn't even have a discussion about why. It's just, you do it because. I just hate at school. You get told that this is the answer. But then we know in the real world, there's 50 different answers mm-hmm. to the same question quite often. We can get to the solution to a problem in so many different ways, but school tells you, no, this is the way to do it. If you don't do it this way, you're wrong. And mm-hmm. it's like it doesn't open the mind for people to sort of problem solve and come up with creative solutions to problems. But yeah, I don't want to go too much down yeah. <laughs> the education path. But oh, no, that's me. a tangent. We could do a whole podcast talking tell about that, man. Tell me about when you finished. That's right. We won't hear it. Really? That's, is that like a police chase going past? <laughs> Holy shit. Anyway. Uh, so tell me, when you were finishing high school, where did you mm. think the future was going to go for you? Well, I had it all planned out. Good. I had tell it me. all planned out, as, <laughs> as you do. From about um, probably fifth, probably mid-high school, like year seven and eight, because I, f- I went to a pu- – and by the way, when I'm saying like I'm top of my classes, I, w- I went to like a, a public school in like yeah. a school of high. I, I wasn't like filled with geniuses. Um, but from like year, year nine and ten, like they grade it. Because like year seven and eight, it's like you just mixed whatever. Year nine and ten, they start grading you and you start, you know, working with people at a similar level and – as I, as I mentioned, my cousin, six years older, was always my hero. I always thought he was the coolest guy in the world. He's the one who works for you now? Yeah, he's like, he's, a, he's, our, he's our, our, our finance manager. Uh, he worked full-time with us for a while, but there's no need for someone of his intelligence to work full-time for an, for an econ up, business. Man. So we still, he's still, still very involved with everything we do financially and, and, and paying all our bills. I'm very grateful that... Catch back up there. I just yeah. throw that in because it'll come back in the story. Yeah, later. very how much of, how important he was in your life. Massively, yeah. So very grateful to have him in my life. But he was very good um, with numbers and analytics. And from about like year nine or ten, whenever they started bringing like letters and triangles and shapes into maths, my brain just stopped computing it anymore. I don't know why. And I was just like. I can't go because he's an accountant. He went into finance and and and, and everything like that. I don't look. I can't. I don't want to do anything where I have to do maths because I'm not good at it. And like when you're a kid, you want to avoid things that you're not good at and, and do things that, that you are good at because it'll make you feel good, that positive feedback loop. So I thought, okay, I'm really good at like English and, and these sorts of subjects. I'm like, as I said, like getting pretty good marks. So I was an ambitious kid. I thought, what's, you know, when you're 15 years old as a guy, you know, going through puberty, what's the coolest job you can do? I'm like, I thought, oh, I'm going to be a lawyer. Oh, I'm going to, you know, wear a suit every day, work in the city, make heaps of money and just go argue with people in court. Like, like such a immature way to make a decision. But like at, and that goes to show as well why I'm so passionate about sharing my stories. Like when I was 15, 16 years old, I thought being the lawyer was the, the ceiling of what you could do. And um, so I went, I got, I got early entry into uni. So I did some, they submitted all my trials marks and I went down, I did like a, a, an exam and I did a meeting with the Dean of admissions or whatever. And like that exam I had to do to get into early entry. It was like a, so I was doing like extension English for a little bit and then dropped. This was like double extension English. Like they were asking me questions and like literally I swear like, 
I don't know how I passed because half the words in the in the sentence, I wouldn't fully know what they mean. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's what they mean. And I'm like, I remember doing it. And I'm like, that's easily the hardest exam I've ever done. Like, I'm not sure how I would have done. And usually I, I, I go pretty good, but I got accepted, which which was cool because it took a lot of the pressure off the HSC, which meant like all I had to do was not completely, completely fuck up to, to, yeah. to get into the law degree, um, which I did. I, I, I um, was going down to Wollongong Uni because as well, the reason I made that decision and just goes to show you headspace. Talking to my year advisor, you know, who, who from school who I'm still friends with, who, who I still, you know, catch up with once a year. And uh, this is like 10, 11 years out of high school. And I said like, so where do you want to go? Explain to me all the pros and cons of different unis. And everyone talked about, you know, how fun University of Wollongong is with the parties and, you know, the campus life. So I went down there for the wrong reasons, you know, to have fun and party. It's not why you should pick, pick the university you want to go to. Um, and then I had to drive back, as I said, I was from like the suburbs of Southwest Sydney. So it was an hour drive each way. So I'd be waking up probably 6.30 in the car by like seven to, to be down there by eight. And then I realized pretty quickly what being a lawyer really meant. It meant reading a fuckload of really, really boring stuff that is not interesting to me. Um, and I've recently found out I've got ADHD, which I didn't even realize again until recently because it's been such a super superpower in my life but it just means if i'm not interested in something i cannot make myself do it mm -hmm. so i was doing my old school move of starting assignments the night before and like when i was doing that in school you start an assignment at four o'clock when you get home you can finish it by 10. you do that for law it's like you start at four o'clock you're doing an all-nighter finishing at 6 a.m driving down to like the hour to uni trying not to fall asleep and crash the car i was just super unhealthy and i am um, for the first time ever at this point, first year of uni started to experience, I wouldn't say it got to depression, but the first time I started to feel this like, you know, what the fuck's happening with my life? Why am I feeling good? Like I've, I've wanted to be a lawyer for four or five years, whatever it was, and now I'm here and it's not at all what I thought it would be. Probably like, even though I made good friends, even though I was only at uni for a couple of months, I've still got friends I keep in touch with from there. Missed like the camaraderie of high school, seeing your best mates every day. So what I did, I, I was meant to be doing a, a, a double degree of law and commerce. I'm like, look, what I'll do, I'm going to drop, like, defer, I'm going to drop out of this year. I'm going to go back next year and just do the business side of the degree. Dr sack the law. So I did that. And because I was so unhappy, like, for the first time, I'm like, the first mini, like, identity crisis, like, what do I do with my life? And like we've spoken about, you don't really get taught the skills to plan out and, and figure this out at school. So I thought, what's the most opposite I could think of to law that isn't about like that isn't about making money that isn't about all this fake stuff but kind of ended up becoming something so random I just thought what's going to be the most fun life I can live you know who cares about making money what am I going to just enjoy the process of doing and that's like a big thing I, I try and talk about like do something that you're going to enjoy the act of doing the work um, so I'm like, I'm just going to do it. Like out of nowhere, I did no drama in school. I'm like, I'm going to enroll in like a, a short acting course at NIDA or something, you know. I did like a four-week thing and it was really fun and I was like decently good at it considering I had no experience. Um, so I did a couple short courses and then it got to like towards the end of the, the year that I dropped out of uni and there was an opportunity to audition for like a full-time acting studio. So I did that, um, got accepted and then like for the next four almost five years of my life I did the whole actor thing like full-time studying like I was inside classes double what people were in uni memorizing lines doing all this emotional work like I feel like doing acting because I was like that sporty kid probably a little bit egotistical 
you didn't really show emotion that much back then. I was an emotional person, but I never let it out or showed it. So like the best thing I took from acting was like two things, like the emotional development I got, understanding motivations of myself, what people mean to me, what the good looks like, what the bad looks like, but also like I got a really good understanding of like human behavior and psychology because the technique we use was all about being so present in the moment and and like the script is one thing but it's like the subtext what you're thinking what your behavior is actually telling me so i got some really cool things out of that but then the reason Probably i also learned got <laughs> learned how to take nose a lot as well i've got a few friends who are actors and models and my partner's a model sure? and it's just like crazy how many times you get to get told no so like, many you gotta man. handle rejection so much and getting told you're not good at, like not not good enough but getting told no basically <laughs> is man yeah we don't think you're good enough for this role so it's like so probably would have been a good skill to learn it, it was um and this is the thing like i i my brain has i think it goes back down to that period where i was taken out of like you know living with my grandparents my mom to that unknown environment was surrounded with older kids strength like complete living with complete strangers where like my brain just developed this like self-protection mechanism where it's like i don't like a lot of people would get rejected and they'll be like, I'm not good enough. I'm shit, blah, 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 whatever it may be. My brain, would, even from them, which has been a really good skill and, and you need to balance it with self-awareness to make sure like you're taking lessons and learnings. But it's like, I, or I knew it's like, okay, I just wasn't right for it. Um, it's not my time. Something good will come up. But I felt like I didn't have enough control because I'm always asking, like, essentially begging, like, just going up to all these auditions, you spend days preparing and go and, like, you won't get cast for the most trivial thing or your, your eye colour doesn't match the dad character, whatever. Obviously, I was very mature in thinking I didn't have enough control, like, because the people that have made career for themselves, they're making their own content, they're filming YouTube series and all that stuff. But I was so immature. I was still quite immature then. So um, from there, this is kind of, like, where I get onto the path that I'm on now. Give it. I thought, look, I'm I'm not. I don't have any university degree. I'm like, I didn't grow grow up with a dad. Like, I'm not. I'm not going to become a tradie. I'm not going to work with my hands. I don't know shit. You know what I mean? And and I've got no qualms like ad, ad, admitting that all my friends like we just put shit up. I'm just like, you know what? It is what it is. You know, <laughs> like we all have our strengths and weaknesses. So I thought, what am I going to do? Like, I've always been like. I remember in high school. I remember this experience where we volunteered for Legacy Day, going around to to sell like. Um, little like boxes little of badges, badges yeah. and i remember i was the first person to to sell the whole box and i was loving it and then i'm like they gave me like these 50 dollars badges each and i went and sold like five of them and i remember getting such a rush selling to people so i thought i've got no experience sales is like there's a pretty like high ceiling what you can do i'm going to go back into corporate and try try sales you know i'm just looking for all these things to like attach to like because for me i know a lot of your like um Content is around mental health. For me, if I have a direction and a, a big golden life to chase, that's ninety. That's ninety five percent of the game for me. So, if as long as I have a clear direction and it's something I care about, that's the main thing. And like the other five percent, I got to make up with good habits. But I, what, I needed to find that. Do you have a defined purpose, or I call mine my philosophy? For example, I give you mine. Mine's through hard work, dedication, and passion, being a positive influence to my peers and younger generations. Do you have like a guiding light? at all or just i just need to be working on something look i don't I, pr I probably should being in the position i am but like if if truthfully like and this is like and it evolves this is like this, the selfish version of it right it's just i want to live my life because i grew up as the kid with not a lot of money um 
I didn't really do good with girls and, and until much later in high school. And like, you always like, I was always like really motivated by girls, but I could never quite get them because not because I, d I tried and got rejected because I was too scared. You know what I mean? So like, I always like had this, like wanting to do all these things that I felt like I couldn't, whether cause it was money or whatever. So it's like really what I want to do with my life. And, I, and this is the selfish one. And, and, and I need to like, I've, I've spoken to people about this in podcasts. I want to develop more of like a life mission statement philosophy sort of thing. But it's like, really the truth for where I'm at right now, I want to have as many cool experiences as I can and, and spend my life doing things I really enjoy. I really believe we get one chance at this life. Like I don't want to trade my time um, for money. If it's doing things I don't like, I just want to put myself in the position to have as much fun as I can. Love that. That's great. And That's I amazing. Give myself all the experiences I felt like I could only dream of as a kid. Mm. And now I realize, no, like they don't just have to be dreams. Like dreams do come true. Mm. And that's been another big theme of my life, which, 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 which kind of yeah. working up to. It's like once some of your dreams start coming true or you have one and then you have another one, you realize, holy shit, life can be, you know, we'll, we'll get into that. Life yeah, can yeah. be whatever you want. Yeah, um, sales, how'd that go? Um, <laughs> look, not not particularly great um i did i always hit targets and like i always did okay the first role i was in was pretty rough as in like i was working for like a a, a, a sales and marketing company where we were called small business advisors we were meant to help you know businesses like we did we, we, we on our conversations on our phone calls we'd teach people how to brand themselves more effectively to market more effectively but essentially what our sales cycle was there was about a nine week sales about no about an eight week sales cycle it'd be six weeks uh, in the office on the phones it's three to three and a half hours a day like every time you pick up the call it starts ticking you need to be on the phone for three and a half hours of the day doing completely cold calls so yeah dude like i've got so much respect for people doing cold calls because i know it's such a tough job and like even for me and i feel like the reason i hated it is like you know how I said, like, I like, like my brain developed this self-protection thing. It's like when you're doing acting and you're getting told like no once a week or once every couple of weeks in an audition, that's one thing. When you're getting like hung up on and told no 30 times a day, it's like hard to kind of ignore that regardless. Mm. Like you have to, and like all the best people in sales will say like it, make the sales call, not to make the sale, just make the sales call because it's a numbers game and get through it. But I wasn't like i'd be lying if i said like it wasn't a bit of an emotional like not draining there. experience you know not for everyone so we do six weeks on the, on the phones all day and like what we lived for that was the best thing about the place like we had like two hours in the morning we'd work then we'd have like a 20 minute break and we had a table tennis table and all the boys would just you know go so competitive in table tennis then you do like another hour and a half then you have like an hour lunch just all table tennis then you would have another break you know in the afternoon so it's like without those breaks I couldn't really handle that that much but and then you, so we do a week the purpose of these calls we invite people to these events once they're at the events we put on like an educational presentation not 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 me like the, the higher ups um and then the goal is to obviously sell them on some sort of advertising package with um and the reason it was such a hard job it's like we were employed we're kind of like a, a sales team for hire like the fairfax or news corp like these big media you know publications that couldn't sell ad space we would then go and try and sell the unsold ad space. So as you can imagine, it's already hard if their reps can't do it and we're trying to do it and we're fucking half of us are kids. So I did that for a bit and then realized I cannot put myself through this cold calling. It was just like, didn't feel good, you know what I mean? But it did develop a thick skin, you know? Um, so then I got a job, my friend got me a job. <laughs> it sounds more boring 
because I was like selling like pens and paper and stationery. I worked for like a, like a, a business supply company, but that job was cool because we were on the road um, four days a week. I'd have anywhere between three to five meetings. That'd be you know half an hour each. I'd go meet businesses, understand their supply needs, put proposals forward. That was cool because like I'm only in the office once Working a day. And like yeah. I said, like I'm someone that doesn't really love being told what to do, when Jim to do it, it. You know. Um, <laughs> But oh no, I, I missed the part. It was actually at that at that first job, <laughs> at that at that first job, I met someone. Um, one of one of my friends, his name is Lindsay, who um had like he came into the office one day and had a little bot like a, a box of like tires and pocket squares and like socks and things like that. Like he started a little men's accessory brand on the side. And I'm like, oh, what's all this? He's like, that's oh, that's my brand. I put this all together. And it blew my mind. That's the first time I found out that you could start a business. Like there were suppliers in China that you could go to places to find them, connect with them, order stock for whatever price, ship it to Australia, then sell it. Like it blew my mind, man. And now like most people know about like marketplaces with manufacturers like Alibaba, AliExpress. But back then it blew my mind. And that's the first time it took me to, I was 23 probably at this point when I realized, shit, I can actually start a business. I just thought about something. Got rewinding back to school while we go, oh, why don't we get taught about entrepreneurship? Mm. Do you think it's because I was listening to something recently, the idea that um, the employment rate for jobs for certain industries is super high. So like they want us to get into jobs, but the fail rate of entrepreneurship and businesses is so high that it's like, if we've got 90% fail rate and we've got 90% employment rate, of course we're going to try and get all the kids in the thing that they're going to actually go and get a job rather than the thing that they're most probably going to fail at. Maybe that's kind of behind that's it a little part bit. Of it. But they should at least expose us to it. Exactly. And look, maybe they do at private schools, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, I know in, in public schools, at least when I was in school, they didn't. And I think that's why it's good that people go back and expose these kids to that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, also you've got to think of the people that are teachers. They're the people... And I don't mean this, I'm great friends with all my old teachers, but they're the people that, you know, were maybe a little bit risk adverse. And they'll admit this to you. They wanted a stable job, stable income. Mm. And, and that's that's great for a certain percentage of the world. But then a certain percentage of the world for me, you know, I couldn't think of anything more painful than doing like, you know, like a, a, a normal office job or something like that. They don't really tell anything t- for those kids. Yeah. But there's, there's there's heaps of kids that like us that like struggle to fit in doing the normal stuff. You know what I mean? It's all good. We won't hear it on these mics. There's just chaos going yeah, on outside for anyone. Outside. Um, okay, so you're exposed to business. You're exposed to drop shipping or yep. exposed to um, yeah getting supplies from overseas. Yep. You changed to your pencil pushing job. Yeah, literally <laughs> pencil pushing. Um, um, because I had more time, more flexibility. When that first job I was – well, that first job I was – so living in Preston's, which is like kind of near Liverpool area for, for those who, who don't know what Preston's is, and I was catching a train from there, southwest, all the way up to Chatswood which meant I had like a two hour commute each way each day. And that's when I first really got into like, my first big influence was Gary Vee. I don't know how I stumbled across him. I do remember the first time I saw him, I was like, who's this brush guy? Like swearing, like telling me, go to work hard and all that. I'm like, fuck, like whatever, dude. And he knows this and I've, I've done heaps of work with Gary. I've, I've so cool, flown yeah. all around the world with him. Catch and up to that. Catch up in his office and stuff. And, and I told him that he's like, so many people have that experience, but then you hear him, it's like, he's not trying to sell you anything. That's just really how it is. Um, so I had four hours a day of like personal development podcast, business podcast, and that really started changing the way I saw everything, saw the world, saw opportunity. It kind of coincided with like, I'd already kind of got this little taste of personal development. I think it was in, in this period where 
I watched The Secret on Netflix for the first time as we were chatting about on, on, on your episode. And it's like what I realized why watching The Secret was so powerful for me. Obviously, I've, I've since read the book as well. There's a book and, and a, like a Netflix series for people who mm. aren't really big readers if they just want to expose themselves for the first time to the concept of the law of attraction and visualization. I watched this late at night. I probably started at like 11, 11.30 and it finished 12.30, 1 o'clock in the, in the morning and I sat there. I remember I was still living in my parents' house and sitting on my bed and I just sat there like silent on my bed for like half an hour and just like, again, this is another one of those moments that my life changed forever in front of my eyes. And because I realized why it was so important, I looked back on everything that had worked out for me in life. And as I told you, it's like with school and stuff, I'd be like, I'm going to come first in this exam. You know, having a joke, I'm obviously yeah. joking. I'm not trying to be like, oh, I'm, I'm the sickest, you know, whatever in the world. But like, the more I did that and the things that I really believed in and, and, I, and I visualized like I was a massive daydreamer. But the only things I would daydream about it were my goals, were things that I actually wanted to happen. It was just what I did. So I realized, shit, look back in so many things in, in life, school, sports, but also girls, relationships, right? All the successes I had, I had spent loads of time in my mind visualizing them before they came true. I also realized this is like the first time ever back in my life. I was in year four in school. Um, I don't even remember the girl's name now. I had a crush on some girl. Um, and we we're doing a little play. This is my first ever acting experience, so to speak. And I remember those two characters, right? Like the lead characters in the, in, in the, in the story they were doing. They were obviously kind of romantically, you know, it's not romantically, it's primary school kids, but they were like, you know, whatever together. And I remember thinking like really deeply feeling like, oh, I want to be this one and I want her to be that. And all the roles were getting picked out randomly. And what do you know? I got picked out as that boy and that girl got picked out as that girl. And I got to have, you know, and I was like, I didn't realize what happened then, but I joined the dots later in life and I realized that was the first time I ever manifested something. Oh, wow. Uh, and, and, and it was clear as day. So I thought, look, I've got all this, you know, evidence from looking back at life. But I've never done it consciously. I'm like, okay, I'm going to start trying to use visualization consciously. And that was while I was re listening to all these business podcasts. And like, that's what I was like, whatever you're interested in, just fucking binge content. There's so many good podcasts, YouTube videos on it. I was doing that. I got together with, with my mate, George, who I started Happy Skin Co. with uh, many, many years ago. And I told him, look, I wanted to start a business. I'd seen other businesses be successful, like two guys pretty frequently, like the High Smile Boys, you've seen what they've done, like the Bondi Sand Boys, like I saw, saw these successes and I thought, if they can do it, why can't I? And, and so when I went into this whole business journey, I'm like consciously, I'm going to try using visualization, you know, consciously this time, like not just by accident. Mm. And we did that. We, I, just, I love the self-belief. It sounds like you have. A lot of people will go like, oh, it's not going to happen for me. But you're like, if it happened for them, I love this quote, if not you, then who? That's what I say sometimes. I'm like, well, fuck, someone else is going to be successful. It may as well be me. So if not you, then who? And it sounds like you had that mindset. Yeah, when you saw other people doing it, you're like, fuck it, why not me as well? I'll tell you the truth. I did. And like, that's why it's like, I've really been trying to figure out how I became this person because naturally, probably I think my biggest gift that I've been lucky enough to get is like my self-belief. Mm. And, and that's true. It's not to brag. It's not anything that it's just, I had that because of, whatever happened at the right time in my life, it just developed, you know, like I didn't control it. It's how I, my brain as a kid responded to certain things. But 
I still had that, you know, because I was acting, yeah, right? It's a massive dream. There's, there's still like, okay, like I believed it could, but really still if I was honest out. with myself, I was like five, that 5 10% in my mind. And this is, I feel like why I didn't, you know, because I was so close to a couple of big roles, why I didn't get it. It's because even me, I had that little bit of doubt, that question in my mind, who am I for my dreams to come true? Because mm. I was this kid, you know, didn't grow up with a lot of money. Didn't see anyone's dreams come true. Like I thought my cousin who like. Didn't see anyone dream. You know, I didn't see anyone dream. You know, no one stepped outside of the norm. Like my cousin was the coolest person. He was being incredibly successful in, in corporate, but like that was the biggest success thing that I'd ever seen. And that wasn't what I wanted to do. Um, so I always had that. But then I'm like, I learned visualization consciously. The law of, I hear about the law of attraction. And me and George, every time we'll have a, we'll have a business meeting, catch up. Um, talk about you know what we had to do for the day and nearly every single time after we'd do a little um, bit of work on the business this is before the launch we'd go to the park across the road from his house and we'd just like sit down on the bench and we'd look up by the stars and we're just like talking about all the things that are going to happen and I mean I don't know how much if you want me to go into like more business detail stuff I can I know it's not really about this with this podcast but like dude we launched uh, we're we, gonna go into it like, I want to go into it I'm fascinated yeah. by like wealth creation and yeah. I just think it opens people's minds because I feel like people are like, I don't get it. Like, how do you make a business that's making a million dollars in your first three months? I think is where I've heard, yeah. which is yeah. outrageous. And you've gone from, you know, making probably a little bit of money as a working in a stationary company to this in such a quick, short amount of time. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we've still got half an hour. I, wanted, I wanted to spend about half an hour on Happy Skin Code because yeah, I think your be- business development and growth is something that will just inspire people out there, whether it be to get into drop shipping, whether it be to get into the e-commerce space, but just to understand the opportunities mm-hmm. that are out there. Because like you said, this ceiling that most of us get put in our head is a really good job is to be a doctor or a lawyer and make three or 400 grand a year. Three or four hundred grand a year is not even that much money in the grand scheme of things. And nowadays, with the bloody con- like with the world we're living in, with the um, the economy, it's like obviously it is three or four hundred grand. I'm not taking away from that, but if that's the highest you're going to get working as an employee, then how? Who are all these people who are multi multi millionaires? Mm-hmm. It's no one like that. It's only business owners, and you don't really think that mindset unless you're kind of lucky and find that mindset early. And it sounds like you obviously found that. So yeah, let's go through the happy skin co story. You yeah. go, okay, I want to do something in health because health products sell very well. So yeah, let's talk about the initial idea where you came up with it. Yeah. Where you found the product because people will be like, how do you even do that? Because and then yeah, I'm intrigued like how you worked out how much you could get it for and then how you worked out a price for it. Yeah, talk me through that because you didn't have any education in this. Yeah. You obviously had to work it out on the fly. So as much as you want to go into, but let's talk about this first three months from idea to launch. Yeah, so on that point, I'll make one last point about what you just said as well. Like, don't get me wrong, three, four hundred K is a lot of money, but they're working, you know, long, grueling hours for years and years and decades to get to that point. And the thing is about business owners and about people that have made like millions of dollars, not all the business owners are the smartest people. There's we not a single the chance. same 24 hours in a day. That's the thing. You've got 24 hours in a day and you can make millions or you can make mm-hmm. hourly rate. It's a choice. It's like that's where you see people go into a job and then complain that I can't make enough and then complain that somebody else is working nowhere near as hard as them making more, way more. It's like, well, choice I made. I did my research and worked out a place that I can actually make a lot of money. Mm. And that's the thing. Like I, like I used to think I was smart in school because I was like in that environment. But like I know so, so, so many people that are smarter than me. But it's not the people that are the smartest people that make money. It's how you see opportunity. 
It really is. And then how you take action, like build a, say, see an opportunity, build a plan and take the action. Like yeah. it's really that simple. People overcomplicate it when it comes to building a business or changing their life. It really is as simple as those three things. Obviously, this is where it gets complicated, that simple, but then knowing what to fucking actually do is the challenge, right? And obviously now there's so much more information. E-commerce e has come a long way in the last six years. People like me have like mentorship programs built around that, but back then there was nothing. As I said, I mentioned a little bit earlier, like the, the two easiest ways to find a manufacturer for people interested in e-commerce is if you're going to drop ship, it's going to be a, a platform like AliExpress. There's very low minimum order quantities. You can maybe slap your logo on something, keep it there, send it, or just send it clean. We didn't do any of that. That was kind of like the entry level thing. If you want to build like a private label business or, or have a product built some customizations into an existing product, which is what we did from the start. We found a manufacturer um, that was making something similar to what we wanted. Well, the same thing, but we wanted to, you know, level it up and change a few things. We, f we ended up finding Alibaba, but that's not, you know, like we didn't just know, okay, Ecom, I want to find a manufacturer, go to Alibaba. We didn't know about any of that. We spent probably three months genuinely. This is how like green we were. And this is like the message to people. Like if you never have any experience, like neither did I. And like my life changed so quickly. You just got to start and ask questions. You know what I mean? Don't be scared to ask a question. The answer is always going to be no. We yeah. Yeah, you're never going to get to a destination if you're not walking in the right direction of the destination. You're not going to mm -hmm. find the answer to your, the questions you're asking if you're walking the wrong way and just continuing your other job. It's like, well, if you want a life over here, but you're not walking in that direction, of course you're never going to get there. A thousand percent. And like we were asking legit, we were finding product engineers on LinkedIn, telling them our plans, what we wanted to do. We're getting yeah, so where did you come up with the idea? Because I think this is really cool. Yeah, so the, the story of how we came up with it. So we knew we wanted to be in the health or beauty space because we'd looked at the brands that were successful in, in, in the few years preceding us. And like, like that's what I say about business. You don't, particularly with your first business, you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Look at some success make stories. Make, you know, look for opportunities, model what works. You know what I mean? So we knew we wanted to be in the health or beauty space. We just needed to find the right product. We knew we wanted to, to, to find a product that hadn't been oversaturated, that wasn't, you know, we're not going to be like, like high smile is successful selling teeth whitening kits. Let's do another one of those. We were smart enough to know that's probably going to make our chances of success quite a bit lower. So we were just on the lookout um, for ideas and like having meetings and, and, and trying to brainstorm, but not having a vegan dating app. Didn't we you? almost did a vegan, like this is like how we didn't like before we even knew it was going to be beauty. We tried to do a vegan dating app and we're coming over, we're mapping it all out, doing roadmaps. And George is like, cause George was vegan at the time. Um, I was still eating meat. He's like, dude, if we do this, are you willing to commit to eating vegan? I'm like in public anyway. Yeah. Like, <laughs> all this stuff. But anyway, that was going to be, you know, way too difficult. Like we didn't yeah, yeah. Like, to build yeah. an app. We didn't know, like you need like Capital. minimum a you know, hundred grand. And that's yeah. like a super cheap app. Like, yeah. So we didn't have any of that sort of money. We were both earning like a thousand dollars a week. You know what I mean? So you decide on beauty. Decide on beauty, and then product. we're on um, we're on Facebook. I think George sees an, an ad for a product, uh, and he sends it to me. And what it was was like a little shaving device, like a little shaver thing. It was some dropship product, but it had a little light on it, like so you could you know see the hairs. And he sent that to me, and I thought, wait a minute. Is that, first of all, I thought, is that a, like a, a laser hair removal, you know, device that you can do at home? Turned out it wasn't, but that idea of this shave with a light on it made us think, fuck, look at, look at brands like High Smile, teeth, teeth Whitening, and I've told this story before, so yeah, yeah. move quick. Used to be done in a dentist chair. Someone created a product to do it at home, get the same sort of results, sweet. 
fake tan. You would you remember you probably yeah, having studio. sisters. The yep. studio getting their tents up, spraying them like it's a spray paint gun. People like Bondi Sands come along, put in a tribute to it yourself. So we knew that the DIY trend was just starting to explode. So we're just looking at trends and and and, and waiting for opportunity with the right product. So then you know we're trying to we get the idea for an a, a at home. IPL handset, we were thinking laser hair removal at the time. We didn't, we didn't know anything. No experience with, like, we're two guys in our early to mid-20s. We, we'd never done laser hair removal ever, ever in our lives. But we saw an opportunity. It took us probably a month before. I didn't even know how we stumbled upon Alibaba. There was a lot less information. There was a lot less people I could turn to for, for advice at that time. Eventually, we found Alibaba got you know a bunch of you know samples of people what they were doing we said look because we were really lucky in terms of timing and i'll be honest like timing was a big part of why we were able to do it. it's a big part of everything in business they'd only registered their patents like six months prior to us like coming across them so it's like that's barely early. anyone knew about this technology so we knew from the start though even though we ran into problems a little bit later because all the changes we made were on the inside from the outside looking in, like it, it looks like the same thing unless you know. So that was, you know, the next stage of business, the education piece and yeah. designing our own products that we owned all the IP, did all the designs. That was how we kind of took the next level. But that's jumping a bit ahead. So we did all that, right? And then it's like, okay, we can buy the product for this much money. We don't know how much to then sell it for. We're just thinking like, okay, we're just, you know, putting out, okay, if we sell it for that. Sell it for And then we're looking at like, okay, we can see people selling teeth whitening kits. We can see how much they're sold for like on, on Alibaba. Okay, it's like this many times that. Maybe we'll try that. So we were just all guessing at the start. Um, but well, our, Do yeah. you mind sharing what you were picking them up for at the start? Oh, as a guess? <laughs> Because like, the margins obviously had to be good if you did a million dollars in the first couple months. Yeah, it was pro it was probably 40, 50 bucks US and we were selling them for like 250 Australian. Okay, so you're making like So there's a good margin profit, on there, but like profit. everyone will be like, oh, it's just a scam business. Like you just put a markup. Okay, you try it. Yeah, oh, it's, it's a sort of business, but yeah, there's yeah. like merch when people go, oh, oh you just like the logo on AS Color. It's like, yeah, but I still have to build the market and <laughs> yes. actually build a brand to sell it. It's not as easy as oh, it it's seems. it's massive. You've got to get it into it. 100%. You're not going to hear me complain about that, don't worry. Uh, 100%. 100%. Um, so, so we do that. Um, again, we're working jobs. He was managing a gym. I was doing that, you know, pen pushing job, selling pieces of paper to people and, and, and whatnot, your reflexes of the world. Um, and then we had saved that about ten thousand dollars each from like the last like eighteen months of working full time jobs. Like took us like a, it took me like a year to save ten grand. Like mm -hmm. we didn't come from money, you know what I mean? We had to you know earn everything we had and save everything. I was pretty good with with saving because you know I didn't I grew up with not a lot of money. Like we always had food on the table, but like I think as a kid you're naive because that's yeah, all you know. But then like yeah, yeah it, it affects you, man. And I still I still I talk to my partner all, the, all about this all the time, like. I've, I've, you know, had a relatively good amount of money for the last five or so years and I'm still catching myself having a bit of that, like, poor mentality, scarcity mentality myself. Like, fuck, well, that doesn't matter to me. Like, you mm. know what I mean? And I feel like... Good to have that. It, it is good to have, but I feel like your relationship with money needs to be really open and really positive. It's like, if you want to attract a lot of money in, you can't hold on to it and be scared of it when you have it. You have to let it fl flow yeah. freely. So there's a whole lesson in that and uh, that's a whole other tangent. You found the product... How many did you order? How'd you get it to market? And this is the thing as well. Like we, we could only afford to order 110 units. So not a lot. Um, so there was 10 of them to send out to influencers. 100 was to sell. We launched in April 2018. We're still working our jobs. My whole goal, my whole goal for the year of 2018 was to be um, 
by the end of the year, I want to be able to quit my job and, and do, do work on the business full time. So we did that. We launched, we sent 10 to influencers. First one was to my good friend, Davey Lloyd, a good da- family friend of ours. Davey Lloyd. killed it for you. There's yeah. Early OG influencer marketing days on those big, um, yeah, reality shows. Yeah. And like, I've told this story before, yeah, but I I, 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 like, this is just what happened. So I'll, I'll tell the well, story. He, to- he talked about me and your episode with him. So I thought I'd yeah, give yeah. a little talk. Shout out to Davey. Design. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so he, we, we, before Davey posted, so we, we sold one product on, on the first night, 11.30 PM. So like, fuck one sale just from an ad. We didn't know I'm a complete stranger. We're like, yeah, that like proves that people want it. So we're all chuffed, but get out of bed, go over his house, cheersing champagne, popping bottles. And I think as well, cause I'm very like spiritual and talk about like energy and emotion. I feel like us celebrating those small wins helped us manifest and create more. I dr- I really do believe that. So like we're like jumping around like like little girls high fiving and like from one sale. Like we'd spent, you know, over twenty grand. This is two hundred and fifty bucks we made. Yeah. Second day no sales, but we were like, you know what? Doesn't matter. We had a sale yesterday. We're confident. It's all it's all good. It's gonna be a process to build. It'll take time. Um then we had our first influencer post, Davy Lloyd, shout out again. Um Hairy Man. Hairy man, very hairy chest that <laughs> came in handy. Shaved the chest off, got it on did a last yeah, little so what treatment. What does it do? What, tell us about the product real quickly. Yeah, so long story short, it's like an IPL hair removal handset. The same as laser. IPL mean? It's intense pulse light. It's okay. a type. It's like it's not actually a laser. It's like it's so it's a type. It, it works exactly the same. If you get laser in a clinic, it's like imagine like there's a laser beam. It's it's fully like yeah. it's one solid thing. IPL. It's a bigger window. It's broad spectrum light, so it's not as intensive. It's not as directed, which means like at a laser clinic, you're going to do it like once every four to six weeks and then you come back for your next session with ipl you got to do it more often because they're not as strong but that's also how they pass all the safety regulations do it at home all our products are tga fda um like certify the pass all that so that's that which was obviously a big part of the research phase as well i want to talk about when you got an email yeah that was was a big moment um so yeah so davy posted and again remember we earned a thousand dollars a week each right less after tax um we spent 20 20 grand all up we send it to davy he didn't we didn't pay him we just sent him a product and be like here's you know it's worth this much money would you post this is what it does he posted the product for us at about 7 30 between 7 30 and midnight we'd made about five and a half grand wow like that like dude that shopify ch- ch- chichings were like oh, off every it? couple minutes and we're just like dude like it's like the most wild experience like that three month period was like just the most Cause like our lives are changing before our eyes, right? Like we made five and a half grand in like a few hours. By the time we woke up in the morning, that's now seven grand or seven and a half grand. So we're like, dude, let's send this product to you know every single person on that show and get as many as we can. Because yeah, it was right when he was on the Bachelor and stuff, yeah. Right when they came off the Bachelor in Paradise, so we, you know, I'm, I I emailed or DM'd on Instagram every single person from the show I could. Probably about got about 70 percent of them said yes. We're now having to pay because they're catching on, and we're like, okay, here's. 500 bucks post this and then that'd make us three grand bucks it's like you can see how we're starting to make the money Um, but then we sold out very quickly took all our money this time bought you know 200 units then we sold all that we bought 500 units so that's kind of how the progression worked but we you know as i said and this is a point that's like it's unfair for people to look at this and compare their journeys to mine because it was like a unicorn it's a unicorn right but still it does show you with hard work and focused energy and direction and a positive self-belief mm. how things can happen for you we quit we had to resign two weeks after launching wow. we we're too busy we're working we're coming home packing orders to 3 a.m trying to wake up go to work so that was a big risk but again everyone's like oh it's a big risk to me 
you know, putting all my money into a business or trying acting or quitting my job wasn't a risk because it's like, okay, I'm already unfulfilled by what I do. The risk is staying in that position. Mm. And this is where I like try and get people to like change their perception of risk. Like just fucking believe you can do anything and, and you will. And so to, to accelerate the story a little bit. So I had all that amazing stuff. We had made a million dollars in three months. How does that work if you do like 10 in the first night, but then you order 200 of them at 200 grand, well, that's like 40 off the next 200, then the next. So in the first three months, you were just selling out straight away when you got them. Well, yeah, we were sold out before we even had them. We were selling oh, stuff yeah, we didn't have. Yeah. So that was a whole other situation. Like we were like sending, you know, thank you letters. having to do that because. Well, you got to like, do it. Like yeah. you're not, you know, you put like a pre-sale message. You're not going to fully turn it off. You're making all this money. It's yeah, like, yeah. dude, we're just going to sell it. If anyone gets angry enough, we'll refund them the money. But yeah. because they couldn't go buy this anywhere else. We were like the first time they've seen the product. We're like sending them like handwritten cards with like little love heart lollipops and everything, just completely rookie stuff. But like, it's the thought that counts. So yeah. hardly refunded any, maybe five people wanted a refund. That's all good. Did a million dollars in the first five months, as I said. And if you want me to come back to any business stuff, I can, but where, so like that's already like changing my perception that dreams do come true. Like yeah. my first massive goal was to quit my job. Did that in two weeks. Um, Second goal, obviously, is like to make a million dollars is a big milestone for anyone. We did that in three months. In, in a month after that, so within four months, we had our, our, our office and warehouse. Like a, it was like 230 square meters office and warehouse. Um, we, at that same time, we hired our first full-time staff. Like things are happening so quickly. And this is the first time I've consciously thought about the law of attraction, the power of like the power of visualization, you know what I mean? With action, you know, combined with it. And I just thought, I can fucking do anything, you know what I mean? Um, obviously the second year in business. Tell me about when your partner left. That was really tough. You know what I mean? I didn't, I didn't like, I'm, I didn't want to do a business by myself. Um, it's lonely. It's lonely you know what I mean? It's that. like, <laughs> yeah, dude, it's, it's, it's lonely. Um, you know, we had very, like he was doing half, I was doing half. I didn't know all about his side. I trust him to do that. I didn't really have the appetite to, you know, want to be across everything. It's not only like people think you want to, you know, have someone there, uh, on the low times to, you know, like get in that war room celebrate and the wins. it's to celebrate the wins, man. Cause really, we're, we're fucking high-fiving, cracking champagne together. Who am I doing that with now? Hey, that's why I literally had this conversation with my mum last night saying how excited I am about employing my first person, not to get help with the work, but like, for instance, last month I had like, yeah, a pretty good month and did like close to 40 K which is amazing, but I don't want to go and brag. I mean, I'm here. I am bragging on a podcast about it, <laughs> to brag to everyone about it, but I don't like want to go and, brag to my mates about it not that it's even a brag but i want someone to kind of like my family's stoked but when somebody's done it with me when i when we have a hundred grand month hopefully in the next couple of years or a 50 grand month and it's because of both of us it's going to be so exciting but when it's yourself like i did eight keynotes this week and i'm just like driving between keynote to keynote by myself just How listening to podcast which is amazing like don't get me wrong I'm the most ecstatic I've ever been. I'm not complaining, but I'm like, it would be nice, like you said, to have someone to share those wins with and also the lows. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a, a, a big change. Um, anyway, but that's where, so to replace, to replace George, which was a massive loss to the business. Um, that's when I hired my cousin. Yeah. How cool was that? Cause I, and it happened by accident as well. How was, was the moment when you had to show him your books and he uh, went, what the Fuck. Yeah, so you're again, like, you, you, your friends and family will see, and like, it's yeah. very weird you're talking about, like, that you don't want to brag too much in Australia or, like, you know, we want to be poppy, tall yeah. poppy syndrome and stuff. But, like, they're clearly seeing, like, we're selling, like, packing for, like, hundreds and hundreds of orders, like, $250 each, and you send, like, like, you can do the math, right? And then we did a little post when we got our cars, as you do, and a little post with our office and the, you know, George's girlfriend. 
like we hit a million dollars. She got us like a little dollar, one million cake. Like you just, but fuck, we're two kids from the area. George grew up even poorer than me. Like fucking like him and his mom and like his brother had to fucking put everything they had just to keep a food. Like we're fucking, you know, like we're not bragging. It's just like, we couldn't believe our lives, our lives changing. Um, and then I need to hire for, for that role to replace George, someone like ops and financial, you know, those are the, the main things back then he was doing. He was doing obviously more than that, but those are the main things that like, I'm like, ah, oh, I don't really, that's not my strength. Same as me. And I don't really, <laughs> you know, want to, you know, take myself out yeah. of, you know, I was doing with all the influences and all, the, all that sort of stuff that I really loved. I'm like, I can't, there's no, there's no point me doing that. So I was going to hire for the role and I was going to give equity, you know, a, a, a percentage of equity in, in to that, to the right candidate. And I wanted to, you know, go to my cousin to get some advice to, you know, write the JD and how much should I pay him and how much equity, blah, blah. And he's like, all right, cool. Like pr- pr- come with your profit and losses and, and, and come out here and I'll give you some advice. And I remember this is such a fucking funny moment, man. Put it in front of him and I just, he's like double takes. He's looking it out and he's looked at all the pages and then he looks at the last quarter and the next one. Looks and up at you. And it just looks up at you. And he's like, he's like almost weirdly like he's seen it ghost, but like in a good way, like he's kind of shocked. He's like, I don't think you realized how much money we're making. Um, and he's like, oh, I don't know if you'd be open to it, but like, you know, I could help you with this stuff, right? And I was like, are you fucking serious? Like, are you serious? I'm like, bro, that I, if I knew that was possible, that you would be keen, a thousand percent, I'd, I'd want you to do it over anyone else. So he's like, wow, like, okay, let me actually consider this. He'd, he'd been in a big corporate role with like managing like billion dollar projects and like big, you know, massive corporate environment. He'd been in that role for like four or five years, kind of at the natural point where he was feeling like a bit of a change. And so he's like, all right, let me think about it. Call me, call me like by the time I got home, not even the next day. He's like, no, nah, I want to do it. Like I'm going to tell like, you know, I'm going to put in my resignation when I, when I go into the office. And like part of me thinking, oh, it's too good to be true. He's going to go into the office uh, and they're going to like, you know, counter offer and offer him more money and he's not going to be able to do it. And then he actually did it. And it was like, that was the most fun. Like he was probably 18 months to two years maybe working full-time with us and then it just got to the point there wasn't a whole lot of lot of lot of need for him to be with me in the office every yeah. single day but that was the best man i got like to systems. hang out with your yeah, systems finances requiring you know saved us so much money in terms of economics and taxes and structures and that sort of stuff things we weren't doing right just structurally weren't set up right but more than that for me it's like i got to hang out with my cousin every day remember he's like my hero growing yeah. up um so that was another thing it's like dude in fact if you believe in yourself amazing things can happen what about when you started making this money? Did you help your family out? Yeah, man. And that's the thing. How like, did that feel? Good, bro. Like, just to be able to, like, tell my mom, tell my brother, like, if you need money, like, you can ask anytime. Like, probably, oh, I won't go into certain things that I, I won't want to share. But, yeah, having moments, looking back, that I was able to help people, you know, you know, in my life, financially, but also, like, emotionally in terms of support, that's probably some of the things I'm most proud of ever you know what i mean in, in my life not how much money we've made but being in the position to, to look out for people i love mm. um but there's another thing and this is kind of i know we're kind of getting close on time i know we're 15 we're going to get up to the podcast and where you are now but keep going yeah um so it's like that period was like george left pretty early on like had the discussion maybe nine ten months in by the time we'd been operating for a year he was kind of like okay sweet he was he was out um of the business, he took a bit of time off, was gonna do an app, and he's been fucking even more successful again with his new business. Um, but so in that period, I started doing like getting invited onto like podcasts for the first time, speak at events, that sort of stuff. So that kind of like, when I started doing that, started stepping out for the first time ever doing that sort of stuff, 
like as you would know when you do that the more you do it more opportunities come up and everything so there was this opportunity to you know six months in when we're in business just to rewind for a little bit of context context i went to see gary v speaking at an event yeah i was about to say that was my next question how did you end up hanging yeah, with gary and this is just another proof of like how crazy the world is and like to not ever 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 limit your your dreams um went and saw gary you know at a keynote you know did the whole picture with him after looks i just want to show you one thing look at this like the shopify look how much like it's because of you man like really and he's like dude i'm so proud of you, whatever they called me you know this the, the teams be like oh i see you got the platinum ticket do you want to come and do a dinner with gary and i was like it's like however many like four grand or something or like five grand i'm like ah uh, i'm not like although i did look up to him i'm not someone that's like ever idolize celebrities oh i want to get my chance to be surrounded by like yeah. you know i'm like i didn't really it wasn't mine so i'm like nah, like thanks but you know i'd rather save the money and reinvest it into the business next year comes around i knew gary was coming out to speak against so this is about 18 months into my business life like made some proper money made some proper money banked banked a lot of profit had a had a reasonably like a good size team probably 12 staff by then um who were who were um, probably 10 by then grew a little bit more after that point um who were handling a lot of the work I was still involved, but like the things I needed to do day to day were a little bit less. I'm like, okay, I'm going to explore these things that are fun. I called them up. No, I sent him an email. The guy who emailed me trying to sell me on the dinner. And I said, oh, are you doing a dinner with Gary this year? I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. Like, you know, I've, I should have done it, you know, but I was just like, whatever. I felt like I was too cool for school. Like, why am I going to do that? Like, oh, we're not doing that, but there's this thing. It's not advertised anywhere. Like you wouldn't see it on our side or anything, but for the first time ever and ever including in the us gary's gonna do like small group like mentoring like a really high level mastermind thing never done it before like gary just you know how fucking busy is he'll go and get however many hundred thousand or million dollars through a keynote whatever his rate is but for whatever reason he wanted to try doing like a, a small group um mastermind thing and i thought okay sweet yeah how do i how do i be a part of that like oh there's you know several you know stages of the application process to go through as you know Gary Vee's quite well known. A lot of people want to do it. So the first step I had to, you know, submit like a written application to, to their team, the, event, the, the people that, you know, had brought him out to Australia the first time. As soon as they see my age and it's e-com and how much money they're making, like it's pretty easy to like progress me through. Um, and then it goes to Gary Vee's team, right? And, you know, they're getting all the applications, they're reviewing them. They approve it. So once now Gary Vee's team's approved it, and again, I don't say this shit to brag. I say it because, dude, what a That's fucking cool, cool story Amazing. from this kid it. from Western Sydney to have these experiences this quickly. And they're like, whatever you want it is to do, if you want to be in the room with someone, you want to build a business, have a certain business partner, you can fucking do anything. That's mm. why I tell this story, right? Um, so the next step, once Gary V's team approved it, it's a phone call with Gary. Wow. He, he wants to have expensive? a chat. Expensive? Not and for what it was, it wasn't, man. Okay like for some people yeah oh, but like yeah, it was very much a test for him bloody earth so um i remember i'm in i was in the office it was about probably like 10 o'clock in the morning in, in preston's i grew up in preston's like the office was like five minutes from my house and my phone rings and it's it says like you know how plus it says one. like plus whatever is like a new york number and i'm just like I got a little, I, I remember looking at that and I'm, I like, that's like the first like be, instant, yeah. like time kind of stood still or whatever. And I answer it and he goes, yo, what up Dylan? It's Gary V. And I was just like, Fuck. I was like, oh yeah, cool. I'm like, I'm like just this kid, you know what I mean? Gary V's calling me from New York number. I'm like, I've literally heard this guy's voice, you know, In a million ears, times on the yeah. podcast. He's influenced me and my business and my growth so much. 
So he's just like, oh, tell me a bit about yourself. So we have like a 10-minute conversation. You know, by the time he heard my age, what we were doing, like, of course he was keen. Not other many people, 24 years old, or maybe I was 25 at that point, had made that sort of money in e-com following the things that he said. So it was pretty easy to, to get in, I feel like. Um, so we had that conversation. And remember, I hung up after like 10 minutes and I go like, how, like what, like what, what the life? fuck? Like Gary Vee just called me. And like I said, I don't like idolize these people. I'm like, oh, Gary Vee, it's just like this guy from fucking New York City who I'd watched his videos so many times called me. So how it worked, we did like three days with him in Sydney, three days with him, I think in London, and then four days with with him in New York in his offices. Yeah, to like bounce around the world. Yeah, so around the program. world, which, which was really cool. Um, and then the other moment, and I've told, again, I've told this before, but like it's, I feel like it's such a powerful moment and it, again, changed my life and perspective so much and like how, how much I limit my dreams. And then it was the last night in New York where we're just, it was probably like nine o'clock in Gary's like, Gary's office. There's only like 15 of us, like I said, it was pretty exclusive by this point, standing around, he's telling a story. And then this is one of the moments that time stood still for me again. And like, I realized like Gary V standing where you are, I'm here drinking like Gary V's, what was the empathy wines? Like drinking his wine, level 50, 60, whatever up. And I realized like in the space of two years, I've gone from a kid working, working in corporate in a job I hated, you know, a few thousand dollars in the bank. Um, and I've gone from this kid in Western Sydney to New York City, looking out at the Manhattan city skyline, right? Flown all around the world by myself, I'm one meter away from Gary V in a room full of people worth multi, you know, eight figures. And then I just realized, holy shit. Like, what have I done? What life, life, life is, life is a game, man. Like, and, and, and like, it's like, it can be whatever you want it to be. Like, how the fuck did that happen so quickly? Like within like that amount of time. And maybe for people, you might hear that. I'm like, oh, that's not that impressive. But for me, man, to go from that, you know, where I was to in the room with him, it's like, fuck. I can do anything. And I, and I left there and like, that's where I was like, okay, I don't just want to be an e-com, even though that makes me a lot of money. I want to, you know, do podcasts. I want to do speak. Like I enjoyed that side. I enjoy personal development. I want to set up, you know, even back then I wanted to do mentoring and set up, you know, education companies to help other people learn the skills and, and like the mindset shifts that allowed me to change my life. Mm. Cause if I kept on that path, trying to, you know, force myself to go, go, go down that path that everyone else does, which I feel like it, maybe if I didn't have that bit of, you know, ADHD, maybe I would have just conformed, you know, but because mm. I had that, I fucking could not make myself do things that I want to do. And thank God I didn't because then I got to live this awesome, beautiful life that I get to live now. Yeah, right. What were some of the most valuable things like on that mentorship? Did you come, did it add heaps of value to your business or was it more so just the mindset to know that anything's possible, that you're in a room with him and it's just like, wow. I wrote so many notes of books at home somewhere, but yeah, that's, to be the, tell you the truth is just seeing what's possible. What's possible, and then seeing the way he operates, it's like oh, everyone thinks they're busy, but it's like no, his calendar's filled. Like from the moment he gets into the like moment yeah. he wakes up to the moment, it's like he'll be he'll have a walk from one end to the office to the other. He has a two minute meeting on that walk there. It's like just seeing the way these people operate. But do you want that sort of life? Did I don't you, want that exactly, life. That's what I want to talk real quickly now to sort mm. of wrap up. You've made all this money. You've become very successful, but then were you happy when you started making all the money or did you realize, you know what? I want to be doing what I want to do every day, not fucking working from seven till 10 at night just to try and make more money. So yeah, tell me about this next chapter and the podcast and then yeah. it's going to wrap us up. That's exactly, that's exactly the journey I went on. I, I started, 
becoming, and this is only two and a half, three years in to, to the business journey, becoming less and less interested regardless of how much money we're making in it. Still interested. I still cared about it. It's still my baby, right? It's my first ever business. I still own it. I still work in the office, although, you know, you know, 70% of my time I'm doing other things in the office, but I still um, part, you know, a part of, of the Happy Singo team. I, I still love it. Like getting less and less in interested and motivated by like, okay, let's launch a new product that essentially, you know, can give people better results for whatever need it was, even though genuinely, dude, we have, we have had reviews, people, women with PCOS or women that just mothers that didn't have the time or money to go, you know, into laser clinics. And, and it did change their life in that way. But realistically for me, it wasn't fulfilling me and I, probably that bit of ADHD thing again. I'm like, I've started to get bored. I started to like, kind of like just trust more people and not give as much attention to it. But then I realized like, what do I really want to do? And a lot of the time people can become, um, you know, prisoners to their own success. And I was almost doing that. So I realized, no, wait a minute, let me hire the right people. Let me make some structural changes. Let me put people in to positions that maybe I've got to pay a little bit more, um, but that I know can be leaders in the business and, and, and drive the business forward and that doesn't need me. So that was a, in terms of the entrepreneur, that was a bit of an, an ego, you know, death that I had to like realize that I'm becoming a bottleneck, that I don't need to be across everything that, you know, I don't always need to know best. So hiring a few people, yeah, maybe paying a little bit more on wages, but actually probably saved me because I didn't need as many people. Um, that really helped me free up time to do the things I'm most passionate about personal development as i said once you catch that bug you can't stop so i've just i've been so obsessed with growth in every way possible you know for the last five years plus so you know i'd been putting off starting a podcast for like a year 18 months and then one day i put up a post i'm like oh fuck it i clearly can't do this alone i don't have the time i want let's get someone to work with me put up a post jo little joey over there um slid into my dms for about the fourth or fifth time he he, he did trying to get a job and look, I, I noticed him because he was so persistent at doing that. And like, you know what I mean? He could have given up the first time. Like they weren't even getting it all the way to me. Like I had people like reading resumes and whatever. He said, I knew I'd seen his name pop up once or twice before. So I'm like, I'm not even going to reply to any, well, I replied saying, you know, thank you, but I'm going to give Joe a shot. And we planned out all the podcasts, spent probably nine months coming with the ideas, testing the equipment, coming out with names, branding, doing test episodes, setting up the studio, and yeah, like you said, whatever, 80, 90% of podcasts don't make a past 20. This is episode maybe 76, 77, something like that. And we're, when I mean it when I say this, we're just getting started. I love it. It's, yeah. been, uh, it's been amazing to hang out for the day. I've been super excited to get to have a look behind the scenes of your brain because it's super impressive. And I just love the, like, the dream aspect to it, not having any limitations on what's possible. And it's, you're the perfect story of like what's possible. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes next, whether you sell the business for fucking however many figures. I, I forget once it gets over a hundred bucks, how many figures are in big numbers? Cause I'm not quite there yet, but I'm excited to watch your journey, man. And hopefully we can, yeah, bounce some ideas together. Yeah. I feel like we have a lot of similarities. I feel like the education space needs mm. a shake up. I feel 100%. like, as I said, we have, um, yeah, some very similar mindsets around a lot of yeah. things. Hopefully we can maybe do something together in the future. But, mate, I'm, I'm excited to, we were chatting before, get some info or some mentoring around e-com and yeah. stuff. Obviously I do merch, but, man, anyway, I can support your journey. I love it. I sure. love watching the podcast. I've loved watching the journey. And I just, like I said at the start, love watching young Australians really 
just have a crack in life. I feel like there's so much more opportunity, obviously, here about America and the UK and other places, but for a young Aussie to really make it big time, I think is really special. So you should be proud, man. Well, I haven't, let's just be clear, I haven't made a big time, you know what I mean? There's levels to this game. Like, I don't want to act like I'm, you know, king shit. But, like, I've learned a lot, you know what I mean? And, like, I, I feel like you, I have a passion for education and personal development, helping people change their lives. Like, you've gone really deep on mental health. That's something I'm passionate about, but where was my strength really there, there is mindsets mindset components to what i teach people but it's like where how can i help people change their lives and my skill set and expertise was was e-commerce so like that's why i put that together to help be able to have other people have all those cool moments i spoke about that you're going through now doing record months selling you know merch hiring staff it's like dude that's what life's all about backing yourself you know taking the risks because it is going to take a risk to change your life and, and get to where you want to be and just facilitating that as much as as uh, much as I can. So 100% super keen to talk about what that may look like in the future. And yeah, I'm a big fan of your journey and, and, and your message and everything you're doing in the mental health space. So thanks for being you. Thanks for being a good human. I know you don't like to, you're not the good human. I know that, but you really are a good human being. So thanks for being you and showing up as you do every single day. Mate, well, I appreciate that. And the last question I do finish with is what does being a good human mean to Dylan Mullen? Being a good human to me, um, and this is something that I've, I'd, like I said, I've learned as I go through, I think it's one of the big core things for me is like, there's two things. Can I say two things? Go for it. Putting other people's needs before yours at times, I think is really important. Although I'm a big believer in to fill up other people's cup, you have to first fill up your, your own cup. But like, as I said, I had that journey completely living for myself and my own selfish desires um, and then as I realized, no, I actually get way more joy out of helping other people. So there's that. But also what I think being a good human being is, is just living authentically and, and, and being unapologetically you. Being as weird as you are, your own quirks. Like I really say this, like being you is your superpower because there's no one else that can be you. If you can show up as with you, um, if you're like a content creator on business, show up fully with you in your own weirdness, not try and be anything, not try and appear anything else. Don't fake values and beliefs because that's on trend. Don't fake interest in other things because they're in trend. If you just really live in alignment with yourself and your values and the type of human being you want to be, I feel like that's being a good human. Not everyone needs to build a hundred million dollar business or go save a rainforest. Just be you. And like, you may only change the people's lives around you, but you being that example, I feel like is being a good fucking person, man. Bloody love it. Well, I guess last thing, same as you asked me, where can anyone find you if they want to um, learn more about e-com? I know you have an amazing course that people can mm -hmm. check out. You've obviously got a podcast, um, happyskinco.com, I'm guessing, or something like yeah, that. So yeah, where can anyone find you? So for any of the beauty supplies, obviously, Happy Skin Co. Um, you can just find that anywhere. But for me, yeah, anything in terms of like what I'm doing, what I'm getting up to, or like the, the e-com mentorship, best place probably to find me is on, on social media, just at Dylan Mullen. Anything specifically related to the e-com thing, viralbrandbuilder.com, that's the name of the program we've built. It's kind of looking at what we've done, create viral brands and, you know, change people's lives. And then the podcast that, you know, they'll see your your face on and hear your voice on in the next few weeks is Life, Money and Love. Right, absolutely love it. Well, thank you so much for catching up and having an epic day together today. Thanks, man. Enjoy your, enjoy your flight home. Get home safe and uh, thanks again. Bang on. Bang on. Bang Three o'clock. I can get to the airport. Done. Let's go. <laughs> Done. But don't hang around because I don't want you to be late. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 